Welcome back to the Built in Public podcast, folks. I'm Bryce, as always, joined by my compadre from another madre. What's up, guys? I want to start this podcast with uh, a piece of NFL legacy that we experienced this week. I don't know if you heard. Coaches, they have their annual coaches meeting or whatever, where all the coaches meet with uh, Goodell and they kind of like discuss whatever whatever shit that NFL has to talk about for the year. Okay. Anyways, a stat came out that of, of which coach cracked the first beer and at what time that beer was cracked at. Brian Dabble, the head coach of the Giants, cracked a tall boy Coors Light at 11.30 a.m. Midst NFL coaches meeting. And? That's it. That, that's it. That's great. I would it's be so lo- happy if I was a Giants fan right now. I know. It's just lovely to hear, except for the fact that it's a Giants head coach. Also, why is there? Why are they serving tall boys at this prestigious coaches meeting? That's what, the like, other piece is: Are they serving it, or did he just like back pocket that into the meeting? Like, <laughs> he brought that, in would, a tall that boy. would make that would make it even better. Like I can't imagine they're serving tall boy course life. No, that's not what not what you would think. Like uh, every one of these earn you know coaches earns multi million dollars a year. Like I doubt that's mm-hmm. what they're serving at this event. I, I kind of think he back pocketed it and just brought it in. And was like, I can't do this meeting without it. It really makes me remember agency meetings and how you would just know going into it how fucking terrible it was going to be. Like, oh, we're about to go in here for two hours and it's just going to suck. Oh, life yeah. Out. Like, oh, the calendar says 30 minutes, but there's no yeah. chance in hell that this meeting is staying 30 minutes. No, no, zero. And that's dabble going into the NFL meeting with like a, at, least, <laughs> at least multiple tall boys. Uh, do you know what they talked about in the meeting? No, I have no idea. They released the detail. This was the meeting was I think Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. They release all the details. I think next week of like what they decided on. I think one of it is extending uh, Goodell's contract um, for like another ten years. The dude's a dictator at this point. It's wild. I feel like there hasn't been any coaches that come out and speak against him either. Not lately, no. Not, really, I feel like no one speaking has spoken against him since like Deflategate. Yeah, Belichick has to hate him, right? There's no way they're on good terms. I I don't know. I don't know. Belichick doesn't speak up about that stuff. That's Anyways, a good transition into another hearing that happened <laughs> over the weekend. The TikTok congressional hearing. Did you check out some of this? I did. And my first statement is that the U.S. government is so insanely fucking elderly that they don't even have the ability to understand what's going on on this they are case. but they were better at that like what i thought is this is they were better at this hearing than when they talked to zuckerberg like a few years ago you're right definitely right they're getting better but it's still just depending on the senator and obviously or congressman like there's some younger guys who are able to speak to it but like the old folks have sound yeah. like have zero idea of what's happening it reminds me of a bill burr bit where he was talking he's like oh are we really surprised that these 90 year old white people are saying racist things in public they're freaking 90 years old it's like are we really surprised that this 70 year old congressional member doesn't understand what a wi-fi network is like i'm yeah. not <laughs> surprised by it. how data is collected like any of this stuff it's even like if and like they're old, right? 70, 80. But like, even if you mm-hmm. took me and was like, okay, 
like, are you understanding how TikTok is collecting data? Like I might not fully understand that, but I at least understand how an app works, how data can be stored, like very basic things. They don't even seem to understand those basic things. Like, no, you giving them a, a password. Well, if you use that password for 40 other things, TikTok now has access to every one of your other logins, like mm-hmm. simple things like that. So like, oh, when you give an app access to your stroke keys, well, what does yeah. that mean? Like that's a, that's a highly dangerous thing to give an yeah. app access to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that was surprising in this and that I was shocked by was when TikTok's CEO said that they don't collect facial data for its algorithm. Because I thought they did because I've heard apps and like Facebook and Google does store the sort of information. I have, yeah, I don't know. I would think they would like, store everything. Uh, and, like storing and, the information of how your eyes react to certain content. I've heard that they do actually store that so they know like what you're responding emotional to. Emotional feelings. Responding to yeah. Yeah. And I think like TikTok, when I, the CEO or the guy that's speaking in there, like I, what I noticed was that he would continuously say like, we're making that data inaccessible. And it's not that they're like not storing it, but it's inaccessible data, which, you know. So that doesn't change anything. You're still taking the data. There's still data. And what, yeah, by how you're making it accessible, is is it still accessible by a Chinese hacker, the Chinese like communist party? There's all this shit. It's like, I just don't know. But I think there's, I saw like a few politicians came out yesterday, like, you know, Rand Paul and a few others saying that they're now against the ban of TikTok after the hearing and going over. I don't know if it'll actually pass, but it seems Honestly, like more. I would and more like people... to see it banned. I think that'd be. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I I, I'd be very interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm not opposed to that either. It also create a, an opportunity for a U.S. company to do something super similar, or just give the traffic to Reels and YouTube, etc. Yeah, I think that'll happen. I feel like. It'll be so hard to migrate, what, like tens or hundreds of millions of users onto a new app. I'm noticing a lot more uh, brands posting shorts now. Um, Like brands that used to just do reels and TikTok, I'm seeing them posting shorts on YouTube and doing well, like fairly quickly. Um, So I think think people are hearing and switching. Uh, Even in my local entrepreneur group here, uh, opportunity knocks they're all mentioning shorts and these guys are older than me like they're That's business funny. people in like their 40s and i'm like you guys already know about shorts like this is i thought i was going to be sharing this with you that is really interesting is like some of these people's first experience with youtube is going to be shorts it won't be youtube videos yeah like in terms of like yeah. actual like user experience. oh yeah any new youtube user now i think is pushed right into shorts so let's talk about VAs. Oh, okay. I want to hear your experience so far with it. So it's been a good experience so far with the tasks that I've asked them to do. I feel like there's plenty of other stuff that we could leverage a VA for. It's just, I question what's actually like necessary. Like it'd be great to have a VA pull a bunch of data and like reporting, but like, is that necessary? And then it's, it's like weighing the balance of like, would it be cool? And is it necessary? And like yeah. right now we have them doing something that is necessary and saves time. Yeah. Um, and it is cool. Yeah. With that being said, if and you it have makes the capital money. to do like whatever other shit, like 
other stuff that isn't necessary but is cool and you want someone to do it that's totally fine and maybe that's something that's more of if we're going to talk about chat gbt that fits the role of a that actually it segues perfectly because what like looking at chat gbt three to four and then kind of the future there's this like they're opening it up to where people can build off of it just like apple when they launched the app store um and this is where it comes to be like you can now type in chat gpt like build me a shopify site integrate this data sheet of products mm-hmm. and it will do it fully for you it will actually not it will do the work like it will be able to integrate directly into shopify on its own but wouldn't it need permissions to like st- access your cookies to like log in and stuff it will yeah but that's things you can do you can integrate like it will have the ability to integrate that and then it can just directly pass the information over and and build inside shopify um but same thing on like the data side like oh go find me the data for a hundred running shoe retail stores right like chat will soon be able to just spit out a list of those stores and in then take it and then start emailing them. Like you can then integrate right into HubSpot. This is what Darmesh was talking about. I don't about. get how any of this works. That's crazy. Cause it needs all these permissions and access to these apps that you have to be like authenticated into to use. How does that work? I don't know the exact process of the logins, but they're able to authenticate it somehow. And he's basically saying like, you know, it, it can, be a sales team it can be a va and it can do a lot more than just that basic stuff too um it's kind of like the future of where it's going oh that just breaks my brain i don't understand like say we had all these videos that our va is pulling now we want chat gpt to schedule these videos on youtube like i don't understand how that's possible for chat gpt to download the files store them somewhere and then upload the files dude he went he went as far as saying like who is this? The hub, is this when you said the HubSpot CEO is a genius? It's that guy. Yeah, it's Starmash. He's a genius because of the way he he explained it, not because of this knowledge. Like he was able to dumb it down into how how the machine algorithm is learning, how quickly it's learning, and all this. Anyways, it's the newest uh, my first million um, episode that just released yesterday or today. Um, but yeah, so anyway, Sam tweet saying, something about him. Darmesh is saying like. He's expecting to be using this for his travel pretty soon. Book me a flight in this time window or what flights are available in this time window for X amount of cost. It will spit out a response. Then Darmesh can say, okay, book this flight using this credit card. And it, it like everything will be done. Hmm. Traveling. I'm going on a 10 day trip to Bali. Book me an itinerary, you know, uh, with this budget, um, at this type of restaurants and hotels, et cetera. And ChatGPT will be able to go in and actually book your entire itinerary for you. It just makes me think of like this use case with stuff like uh, voice, like Google Voice and Alexa and stuff like that too. It'd be super yeah. interesting. Yeah. I saw he tweeted this yesterday. That makes sense because he was on the pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I listened to that this morning. It's really good. I feel like everyone's talking about ChatGPT, and most of the time I'm like, oh, this is not as interesting to listen to it every day. But this one was worth it, I thought. And, um, and Yeah, really- having it do stuff will be interesting. Darmesh thinks that this is the biggest opportunity to create a business since the internet 
launched. He was like, mobile was cool, but this is way bigger than mobile. Interesting. Speaking of my first million, Sam's new company launched and are you, uh, what are your thoughts on it between uh, scale my, my of thoughts, one to ten? Are, you can't choose seven. How excited are you about it? Me personally, five. I think yeah. part of that reason is because I don't have don't have a, a business that qualifies to to get further access. <laughs> right. The majority of his audience doesn't. The the majority of his audience doesn't. I don't know if you saw. Yeah. yeah. He like everyone on Twitter and his audience posting about this and every single one I see posting about this is people saying like, I can't get in, but I hope to eventually. And well, it's just type form application. It's type form application, but minimum you have to have <laughs> a, a million in annual revenue or 3 million in funding or have sold a business for 10 million or more, something like that. So um, <clears throat> there's no point in filling out the type form. It's not that interesting. I went through this. Um, but what is interesting is that there's all these people who aren't able to get in, I think, and whether, whether they extend or make a smaller arm or someone else just makes a community for companies doing 500,000 to a million in revenue, either, or like piggybacking off this whole thing. And all these people right now, like wanting to get in, but not have, not being able to get access because of where their business is at. I think it's really interesting. And I think too, it's something like where, where our business are at. Like I go to a group here locally and it's not that great. Right. It's just not that good. Yeah, so I'm surprised you're still in it. I thought you were going to be done with it. It's, I haven't paid for the second year. So, um, I'm kind of just waiting for someone to bring it up. It's been helpful in some aspects, but, but not as good as it should be. Right. And something like this, it's the same idea but less locally driven and more just driven by your business type size and needs and like what you're looking for. Like that I think could be really helpful. And I mean, it stems back to like what, what like mastermind groups were, right? If you have 20 people building similar e-com businesses, but different products, like that's a really good group to be like texting in, talking in every day. Right. Yeah. I wonder if something like this exists where, it's almost like a questionnaire, like dating site kind of thing. And then you get assigned to a group. Online. I know there are groups like in Telegram and Discord for like e-com. You know, there's obviously like large affiliate groups too and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but so like hyper-focus where you do all this stuff and it's like, oh, there's this one group of 20 people with two spots that's, left. Then. That's what I want. I want the 20 yeah. person. I don't want the 250 person community where no, no one feels comfortable to talk in. Like but the 20 open-ended person, indie hacker group where it's just people shilling their own product. Yeah, exactly. But the 20 person where everyone understands at least on some level each other's businesses or at least what they do. And then like, you know, maybe that's me once, twice a year, depending on how local that group could actually be. Or, you know, maybe there's one retreat or something where, you know, you go off for six days with that 20 people and meet. But either way, I just think there's a huge opportunity for for uh, a group like this that is on a smaller revenue scale, 500,000 to a million. I think under 500,000 a year, it's needed, but I don't see the people having the money to make it a real business. I think even that that's probably why Sam is limiting this to businesses only doing a million. I don't know how much he's charging for this, but I think it's a decent amount because he's already at a $7 million run or he's already at a seven figure run rate. So, um, is this Webflow? 
he actually paid a developer yeah, to develop Webflow. this, so it might be. That's funny. It's like, I already recognize this 404 page. That's cool. Anyways, yeah, it, made me, it made me think. I was like, underwhelmed by it. It's pretty much what you thought it would be. To me, it just seems like an extension of trends where it's like he started this cool uh, open invite to anyone that was like uh, growing a company or interested in business to gather and kind of learn it stuff. Is, it is. He just like siloed it off to a more, I don't know how this will, I guess it's just him wanting to learn instead of like teaching, which is like trends was more like teaching. And then this, he's just going to be sucking up knowledge from other people. Yeah. And uh, I think the other thing is like, when you look at what he's done and built for businesses, like this is a very easy business for him to build. He already has all these connections through the podcast and through trends. He already knows how to develop and create events and, and do this type of stuff. So for him, like, I mean, he's, I think he said he started in July and he's already had a seven figure run rate. So it's six, you know, 10 month business and he's already had a million dollars in annual revenue. So yeah, it makes sense. It's probably high ticket shit. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm curious to like see. Imagine there's 50 people in it. Say it's like a $20,000 membership. That's a million dollars right there. I think there's a hundred and some people in it. And I think he's probably charging five to 10K. 5,000 is not that much for someone that has a business business of like what he's talking about. Maybe it's 10K a year. I don't know. It's like nothing. But, yeah. Oh, one thing. I want to talk about is some of this first party data concerns is something I haven't really thought of. And we haven't really had to have, uh, think of because we don't do a lot of media buying for honest because we're not able to, but we're starting yeah. to with other companies. We're seeing its strength. And this is something that um, in the previous agency we're at is probably a huge concern. And it's the like third party data tracking is going to be erased sooner or later google's notorious for continuing to push off things like uh was a ga4 a google analytics new transition was extended a year plus uh they're doing the same thing with this where they're saying they're going to phase out third-party tracking cookies which is just huge it's so if you're using like chrome other websites won't have the ability to track you and then sell that data so, for instance, like Facebook, you won't be able to retarget people that yeah. are visiting your website anymore. Yeah. Um, and this, to me, just signals such a huge need to double down on email. And it sucks right now because we really aren't. But I feel like that's a huge, like, blind yeah. spot. I, I'm double down on email in terms of, like, double down on trying to gather emails or double down on just using email. Like, mail gather. more gathering yeah i agree does triple whale have you used triple whale no i haven't used it i've just looked at it a lot it'd be something we should look in actually for some of the consultancy projects going on in the like in the future especially at scale uh, because every e-com company that i see media buying a lot is now using triple whale um, and supposedly their tracking abilities are what well, have well surpassed google's so I, I don't know. Uh, it would only, I think it's only really necessary if you're media buying, like it's not for a brand that wouldn't be, but it's something that I think we should dive into more and may, maybe just do a deep dive on an episode on it um, and check it out. Yeah, that'd be fun. We would just have to convince them to eat this cost. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Yeah. 
anyways, it's interesting to see how much of a concern this is and how there's not, I, I really have no idea what it will mean for media buying, like yeah. what it'll mean for targeting, what it'll mean for attribution. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Um, I think media buying, and I don't know this, but this is something, I don't know if it was Darmesh or I heard it on another podcast, but that um, they think the media buying as a role and a position is, is going to die off in the next 10 years. And oh, definitely. It's gonna 10 be years, I feel like five. It's going to be completely AI driven. Yeah. So another thing. But, um, oh, back to the VA thing. So as... What the hell? Darmesh is followed by Chris Pronger. <laughs> Legend. Uh, Pronker started a business recently. Um, yeah, I saw. Or he, or did he just buy a? Or I thought he's just an owner of a team now, or something. I don't know what he did. He made an interesting business move. Um, but back to the VA stuff. So as we're like looking for people to hire or freelance or consult, it's becoming more and more uh, like known to me that. Niche job boards, niche job and community boards have huge potential. And where I'm seeing this is in the cannabis space through this newsletter, like the broccoli newsletter, which is, you know, a, a Lauren Yoshishiko writes this this newsletter and, you know, once every six months, I think it is, she allows any subscriber to send in a list of things that they're looking for for their business, whether like you know, hire a freelancer, a writer, uh, a content creator, um, a CFO, etc. But it's all focused in the cannabis space. And oh yeah, you sent me this. I think and it's I, cool. I, we put like you know, I put one in there. Um, hey, we're look, like we're looking for a content creator. I think I got reached out to like six times in the first day uh, by all people who have are have actually have relevant experience in content creation and cannabis or writing um, and none of it was like completely wasted space, right? You put a mm -hmm. thing on Upwork, 50% of that is shit applicants. Like you just immediately decline, 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 especially when you're going super niche, right? Hiring a, a standard developer, fine. But like hiring a cannabis content creator is very niche. And these niche job boards and community boards, I think are really interesting and really needed in business. Agreed. I think it's super interesting. It's just and outside of job boards, it's just like these niche communities of people. The that community like too, not just job, but like, oh, you own a similar brand doing similar things. I mean, it goes back right back to like just having entrepreneurs to bounce ideas off of, having kind of that like board of directors. That's not actually a board of directors, which is yep. ex exactly what Hampton calls their thing. It's like having a board of directors, um, but. I had one more merch. I think we talked about this for Adventure Dogs last, last week. I don't know if we talked yeah, about it on the, the pod. Yeah, the Adventure Dogs pivot. I don't know if we talked about it on the pod or, or, or what. No, I don't think so. Merch. So the, the cannabis industry as a whole is having a ton of trouble selling weed. Not selling weed, but they've, over, they've overgrown weed. They have too much weed and the cost is going down. And the consumer consumption is not necessarily going up. Right. More people are growing weed and more people are getting licensing to do this, but the, the, the growth rate of people buying it is not as fast. So anyways, one of the largest like consumer kind of focus brands uh, that does 
is cookies, which I don't know if you've heard of them. Yeah. But you probably have. Uh, they sell more merch every year than weed. And that, like, yeah, yes, they have we, a dope brand, though, too. They have a dope brand. You're right. And it's like a very well known brand with this, like, kind of inside a specific stoner type, right? But it's still really interesting. Like, like weed is a consumable. You don't just buy it once. Like you buy it, you use it, and then you buy it again. Merch is not like that. So them having like them selling more merch than cannabis seems kind of crazy to me. And it also doubles down on the idea that like merch is a real thing. <laughs> like it's a real revenue driver in business. And yeah, I'm trying to think of other companies like that. It's not really a pivot, but it's like an unforeseen. Uh... Like revenue driver. I mean, I, yeah, there's other, you're right. There are other companies like that, that are more brand than product and cookies is one of them. Yeah. Like if mini Katana, if YouTube shorts was money, like they likely would have hit the jackpot with their fucking YouTube monetization. I mean, we'll see that soon. They just launched a, a merch brand. They just launched merch. So I'd be, I'm sure Isaac will share some of the data that he gets from, but like, yeah mini katana merch i bet just with their audiences the email list the the youtube audiences like it's gonna it's gonna move yeah dang are their pens not selling well i don't know they were for one of these they were running ads i know that was a whole like idea right oh seven reviews for this one the whole two reviews for this one yeah i don't know how well they're selling he hasn't not i at least i haven't seen something released about sales numbers except for super early on that they had ridiculous ROAS. katana pens there you are only one ad launched march 2nd oh wait this is a whole separate site oh, yeah, yeah 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 the pens are a whole separate site the merch is an entirely separate site too interesting Three thousand trusted reviews and this the reason it's a whole separate oh, it's site a is, whole separate shopify site yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just strictly for like so that they don't have oh, to worry then, about Facebook approvals and stuff, right? So because they it, because this. they can't. I don't think they could run an ad to their main site because they sell swords on that site too, right? Yeah, just like this, just goes to the main. That's cool. Yeah. Really, it's it's a lot of what we do. But like, if trying to get an ad up for can't like honest. Oh, let's sell an ashtray, but like we need to have a mediary page. Yep. <clears throat> Interesting. Huh. How many reviews did that one say on the other site? I mean, it doesn't have, it says like 3,000. I think that's just mini katana in general. But then you yeah. go to this and it's seven reviews. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, that's a, that is a pivot that we want to be making for Adventure Dogs, is selling merch and see how that does. Yeah. Who knows? Could hit the jackpot. I think Honest needs merch. AD uses merch. I think we just need to find clever ways to make it brand, like very brandable and fun to wear versus like. Dude, are you kidding me? There's so many dog puns. Basic brewery merch, right? Yeah, dog puns, exactly. Give me 50 dog puns. No. Give me dog puns I can put on a shirt. There you go. Boom. In dog beers, I've only had one. (laughs) (laughs) Not overused. Yeah, these are like the cheesy shirts that freaking old people buy. 
Yeah. Anyways, that'll be interesting to test. And it should be free with Guten. I believe Guten is still free to set up. Dope. Yeah. I don't think I have anything else. That's it. We gotta hop. We gotta beat it a little. Let's hop. Thanks for tuning in. Guys, we need to do a deep dive soon. It's just been random talk topics lately. Let's deep dive into Triple Well. All right. Nah, we, we probably need to use but it. Then first. we would have to like, sign up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never Is mind. there like a free trial? I don't think so. Let's figure out something to deep dive into next week. Or I guess, right. yeah. yeah. Ooh, dashboard. <laughs> All right, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. Peace out.